Hey guys. What's up? Hey. You guys, welcome to this oh week's boy. episode of 13th Floor. Can you hear the, can- the candy clicking up? <laughs> just to make already. It's not candy. It's a cough drop. Mm. Now, get over yourselves, boys. Mm. Most of those cough drops are candy. Mm. Listen, it doesn't taste bad. But anyways, I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm <laughs> James. And this week on the 13th Floor, we are talking about the Winchester House. Mm-hmm. And this topic was submitted to us by our Patreon subscriber, Jordan. Thank you so much for submitting this topic to us. And I've been a big fan of your basketball career, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Jordan's a girl. I know, I'm just kidding. I swear to goodness. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. <laughs> but anyways, you guys, how you been? Doing well, doing well. Are you feeling off today? Are you okay over there? I'm, you know, upside down. I'm a little I'm struggling I'm, today. Yeah, Cece's going to start a, a separate day. Patreon called Cece's Lozenge ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you listen People to would it, love click that. on your teeth. Should I take it out of my mouth? No, you just be a little more aware of the damage you're doing to everyone's psyche. I'm sorry, As it everybody. slowly clicks throughout the episode. I'm not going to click it at all. I'm if this airs clicking. and we get like no, a spike, <laughs> I'm going to be very disturbed. <laughs> oh, James, what have you been up to? I know that you just watered your critters. Yeah, I, uh, I actually went to an expo the other day and I almost bought an emperor scorpion. But Why I ended up, you? I ended up not just because I have bought three critters this year and feel like I'm overdoing it. Well, listen, James, I've seen your critter collection. You could put a lot more in that room. I could. There's, I mean, there's lots of people who have like rooms devoted to just that. And they have like hundreds of species. Or do you think that like, you just don't have enough room in your heart to care for another critter right now? (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, it was just more, I don't know. I feel like I I bought three very recently. It takes time to get used to them and acclimate to them. Yeah, they're, okay. I'm sure they're very noisy and they take up a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you guys are really making a compelling argument for me to go out and buy another creature. Yeah, listen, uh, I like it when you buy another creature because then we have something to talk about. Like, <laughs> I love yeah. talking about your critters. So I need to buy a new invertebrate every week. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. What does your dad think about your critters? Uh, he doesn't mind them. In fact, he, he likes to watch pickles eat. I mean, who doesn't love what, to watch what, pickles Which one's eat? pickles? Is that the horrifying one? That's yeah. the vinegaroon. Mm, yeah, the horrifying one. No, Cadaver was a lot scarier. Cadaver was awesome, though. Yeah. Because they had a cool name. Yeah, that was actually why I went to the expo. was on the offhand chance that they had the diadema. I mean, because literally, the next time I see one on sale, I'm, I'm buying one. Hopefully, two. Are they really rare? They're really hard to find anymore. Um, I mean, think about supply chains now for like regular things like paper plates and now apply it to Tanzanian cave dwelling living fossils. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Alex, what have you been up to? Um, I'm just over here, uh, you know, researching for the pod like I usually do and, um, you know, getting ready for uh, my other pod. I already forgot what movie I'm supposed to be watching, but I got one. (laughs) MVM pod. And then I also, I'm probably going to rewatch Black Widow for our Patreon Marvel versus Men. Marvel versus Men for Alex's mm. Monsters versus Men Patreon. I'll watch that with you. Yeah, I gotta watch that soon. I think it's time for our hearty hellos. Yeah, let's do it. 
<laughs> she took out the lozenge to prevent any clicking. I don't want to click and disturb your guys' ears. Okay. Well, actually, actually, before we get to our hearty hellos, James, I actually had a question for you because, listen, my water bottle, I have a glass water bottle. It's Beaker brand. It's wonderful. But it's been doing this really weird thing lately and it's creeping me out. Where she leaves it in the exact same spot every day and I have to go get it. That's true. I do leave it in the kitchen. I make Alex bring it out to me. But, no. <laughs> It's been making this like gurgling, squeaking noise. Mm. And I, I looked online. I tried to figure out why it does it. Because I'll just have it like sitting next to me. And I'll start hearing this. Oh, it's it's actually Beaker from the Muppets. That's <laughs> part of what it does. <laughs> Maybe. No, but it makes this noise. I tried to look it up online to see what it was. And it says, when you tip your water bottle a certain way, it might make a funny noise. And I'm just like, it's not. I'm not tipping it anywhere. It's just like literally sitting on the counter next to me. And it's mm. continuously making this noise. And James, I was hoping maybe you had an explanation. Yeah. I mean, there's only two I can think of. I mean, one is. Yeah, I was about to say one is a demon is in your bottle. Um, (laughs) And then the other is there's some sort of of trapped air taking place. Does it have like a straw that goes in it? No, it doesn't. It has Hmm. a screw top. It's a screw top. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. The, The seal has gotten degraded over time. And now air escapes as the uh, the air and water inside heats up, leaving less space and forcing it out. Look at that. James solved it. I thought for sure my water bottle was haunted. I mean, it could, could still be a demon. <laughs> Let's not rule that out. Well, I know that for our Patreon, for our October Patreon, although this was the one that was posted last week, we talked about haunted objects. And I thought I should have just talked about my water bottle. But anyways, okay, now it's time for hearty hellos. Okay, so... Hearty hellos this week. We're going to say hello to Singapore. We're going to say hello to Latvia. Here in the (laughs) States, we're going to give a hearty hello to everybody in Texas. So hello, hello, hello. Wherever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And a special thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, You don't say hello to Texas. You say howdy. Howdy. (laughs) I do say that a lot. Um, Okay. So anyways, that's our hearty hellos. Icebreaker. And I had one that I was just like, I was thinking about this the other day because I got some food from a fast food restaurant and it was just like subpar, very upsetting. And so I wanted to know, you guys, what is one food restaurant? It does not necessarily have to be fast, but what is one food restaurant that makes you sick just thinking about it? Oh, okay. You wow. twisted it. That's so, very yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, it's slander this time. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's odd. When I was a kid, we would eat sometimes at, at this place called Perkins. And I don't even know if they're still around. Oh, my around. gosh. Wow, Perkins. I, I used to go to Perkins. I always dreaded it when we would go to Perkins because for whatever reason, it, I, I still can't explain it. But I never liked the food. Everybody else seemed to really like it. And more importantly, I never get stomach aches. But Perkins would always give me a stomachache. <laughs> and I still don't I, I don't know if there was like a waiter there that hated me or something and was poisoning the food. But like I would always get a stomachache from Perkins. I can actually relate to that because I would always get a stomachache after Perkins too. Weird. But there was something about the nostalgia that just makes me go, oh, like my childhood at Perkins. <laughs> and they had that little like well with all the toys out front where you could go and grab a toy from the children's well. Do you guys remember that? I don't. Well, James, you must have been going to the wrong Perkins. My answer is McDonald's. 
That is oh. one restaurant that, like, every time I go there, I'm disappointed. It doesn't matter what I get. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, it turns out there's a lot of Perkinses. And look it up. I think <laughs> mine would have to be either Longhorn because of the food poisoning incident of yeah. <laughs> whatever year that was, 2014. Uh Crippling food poisoning. I remember that was bad food poisoning. <laughs> you almost got brought down by Longhorn. Yeah, I had to, ooh, I had to go to hospital and everything. That was rough. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, I, that or Bob Evans. Bob Evans is one of those places I just do not think is good. I completely all. agree. Completely. Agree. And yeah. then people, but then like people in my own family are like, "Hey, let's go, Bob Evans," and we'll go over there. And every time I'm like, "This is mm. not good." It's yeah. true. I remember the first time we took Gwen there, she ate a crayon. Like, legit ate a crayon. Because it was better than the food. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Honorable mention, though, is I I literally never go to Taco Bell. Ever. I know you like it, oh. Alex, but I, I this is a genuine opinion of mine. One Taco Bell is dog show. food for people. That's literally what it is. It is Alpo for humans. James. Like, that, their, their slogan should be, it'll make you, it'll give you a shiny coat. That's what it should be. <laughs> James. <laughs> So disrespectful. I don't like the way you're talking, <laughs> and I really don't appreciate it. And me and CC, we're gonna have to talk things over about whether we need a new person on the <laughs> show or not. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Alex, you have a very shiny coat. Yeah, thanks, James. <laughs> I guess it's doing its job. <laughs> well, you guys, that was a very fun icebreaker. I think it's time. It's time to hop into our topic at hand. The Winchester House. And James, just in case anybody's never heard of the Winchester House, do you want to just give like a quick, hey, this is what the Winchester House is? Sure. Um, basically, what happened was there was, you know, everybody's probably familiar with the Winchester Firearms Company. Or at least I would hope so. Actually, James, I'm going to stop you because. Isn't that my whole topic? Is you're the Winchester on House? My toes. I'm covering the house. I'm like, oh my god! Like, okay, Cliff, Cliff Notes version. It's a spooky mansion in California. <laughs> there we go. Wow. There we go. There we go. It's a spooky mansion in California. Um, <laughs> James, great plan, Cece. I didn't, well, I didn't think that James was going to start to go into, like, the background. I what did you want him to say? <laughs> it's literally called the Winchester House. Yeah, it's, a, it's a scary house in California where ghosts are said to... And ignore the name for the time being. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Listen, when I hear Winchester, I think of the city in Kentucky. I don't think of rifles, okay? Well, right. you're in a minority the yeah. world over. If Guess I were to what? ask somebody in Paris, what do you think of you think Winchester? I'd be like, oh, well, definitely this city in <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> you guys are evil. No. Listen, James, you're on Alex's bad side because of Taco Bell. You're on <laughs> my bad side. We're coming together, though, over over uh, making fun of you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, gu- guess what? I talked to Louise, and she had no idea what Winchester was, even the city. In London. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Let's go. Okay. So I'm starting us off today, James. Um, <laughs> you set him up. Okay. <laughs> I'm sharing the backstory of the house. 
And it, yeah, I'm going to talk about its creator. Her name was Sarah Winchester, and she was heir to, as James already said, <laughs> heir to the Winchester rifle business. And she was a little rich. Just a teensy bit. Alex, you know, she had some money. No. Enough to build a seven-story home with no blueprints, if you know what I mean. But Sarah Winchester, she was originally born Sarah Lockwood Party, spelled P-A-R-D-E-E. Party. Um, she was born in 1839. No idea on the day. Everywhere I tried to find like the day of her birth, it just said she was born in, in 1839. She was a ghost the whole time. She could have been. She was birthed in New Haven, Connecticut, and she was born into a well-to-do family, so she grew up very fancy. She grew up very educated. She could apparently speak four different languages, so she was very smart. And when she was 23, she tied the knot to the love of her life. William worked Winchester, <laughs> the son of Oliver Winchester, who owned the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, which apparently made rifles. Uh, so she married into even more wealth. But you guys, money does not bring happiness, Sarah would come to find out. <laughs> Unfortunately, her life took very sad turns all over the place. And in June 1866, she gave birth to a daughter, Annie. But Annie only lived to be about a month old. She passed away from marasmus, <laughs> which is basically like nutrient deficiencies that lead to <laughs> loss of energy and if not properly treated, death. That's what <laughs> happened here. And after that, Sarah kind of started to spiral. And in 1881, it got even worse when her dear husband, William, passed away from tuberculosis. <laughs> so... Lots of tragedy in a fairly short period of time. And when William died, she really didn't have very much family left. So as legend has it, she called upon the help of who else, Alex? Um, Frida Carlo. <laughs> a psychic. Oh. Uh, she wanted to know, what am I supposed to do now? So full details on the psychic recommendations are unknown. But per allitsinteresting.com, um, it's believed that the psychic was able to channel the spirit of dear William. And he was like, Sarah, Sarah, you need to move to California. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Connecticut behind. Build a home for not only yourself, but also for all the poor souls whose lives have ended at the end of a Winchester rifle. <laughs> and so Sarah was like, sounds legit. And she up and moved across country to San Jose, California. Hmm. And that's where she bought a little two-story farmhouse. And it would serve as the base to the wackadoo bananas house that she would end up constructing. Because she had to do something with all that money. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. She had a lot of money. Uh, when her husband died, she was left with a cool $20 million, Which is over nice. $500 million in money these days. Plus, she also still owned 50% of the Winchester company, so she continued to bring in about $1,000 a day, which would be about $26,000 a day Ooh. these years. So she just kept making money, money, money. And then in 1884, she started adding on to the little rinky-dink ranch that she had until it was massive mystery mansion that we know it as today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let Alex talk more about the house itself. Yeah, you stay away from my toes. All of its rooms and staircases and dead ends. But I okay, will. Okay, let's just talk about my whole thing. Listen, I'm going to mention <sighs> that rumor has it that Sarah continued to have regular seances and meetings in the house with mediums and psychics mm -hmm. that helped her continue to connect to good spirits and help her figure out how to appease the scary ones. Make sure, you know, oh, these scary ghosts that died at the, the end of a Winchester rifle aren't going to come and get me. And so <clears throat> she figured 
I'm going to make this house a crazy maze so that nobody can find me. She slept in a different room every night and she constructed secret passageways that led to different rooms so that hopefully the spirits couldn't track her movements. Yeah. She did the same thing with her toilets. Yep. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She had a bunch of fake toilets so yeah. that they wouldn't know which one was, was the, the real yeah, one. So they wouldn't haunt the real one. Yeah. But uh, Winchester did pass away in 1922 from heart failure when she was 83 years old. So she lived to be pretty old. Wow. Yeah. And she left the home to her niece, Marion, who wanted to sell it. But appraisers were like, this house is whack. It's worth nothing. And so Marion ended up auctioning the house. And then a local investor actually saw potential in the home, bought it for $135,000. And he very wisely, this was like five months after she had passed away and they sold the house. He opened it up as a tourist attraction because who wouldn't want to walk around this mystery mansion? You He's know right. I mean? He's a smart man. Yeah, dear mm-hmm. listener, you can still visit it today. I want to go. It's open up every day of the year except for Christmas, and it's got 4.4 stars on Google. Apparently, it's very expensive. It's $40 a person. And a lot of complaints that I read were that it feels very rushed. And most of the reviews are four or five stars. Okay, so that's pretty good especially out of like 10,000 reviews. But I did find a couple of one-star reviews that I just wanted to read. Oh, boy. Okay. So the first one, I paid $116 for two. I needed $99 refund. Worst place I've ever visited. It was so bad until I cannot even describe it. Wow. (laughs) Came back to hotel and looking at movie Winchester House. I could have saved my money and enjoyed myself. Don't go, don't go. I am 73 years old and have never been to such a sad event. Paid $24 for two drinks. Sad, sad, sad. They do have a nice restroom. Oh, and the tour guide was nice and did her best to make it a mystery slash scary. We did the All Hallows Eve and it wasn't scary. They had a few pumpkins that looked like they came from the Dollar Tree. Sad, sad, sad. (laughs) And then my personal favorite review. I love these ones. This place is a ripoff. I didn't go see it, but based on all the other reviews, it's $40 a person. The tour isn't even all that good because they rush you through it, end quote. Oh, my I'm gosh. Sorry. Listen, if you were listening to this show and you leave reviews for things that you've never actually participated in, <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, I've never understood that. And the weirdest it. ones to me are the ones where like people go, have you ever seen this on Yelp where they'll, they'll go to a place when it's closed, like, and their hours oh, yeah. clearly say it's closed, <laughs> and they leave, like, one star, and like, it was closed. It's like, yep. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Right. Like, yep. But, you know, I got to say, the first review actually made me happy, because, like, that's a legit opinion. Yeah. You went. You didn't feel it was worth it. Props to you for leaving that review. But then the one that's like, I didn't even go, but I hate it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so, you guys... That is a little bit about the background. Ooh, <clears throat> excuse me. That's why I have a cough drop. That's a little bit about the background. And then Alex is going to tell us about the house itself. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to give a big shout out to all that's interesting.com coming in for the clutch again. Did we read the same article? I don't know. I think, did we? Yes. <laughs> my, my story or my uh, article was the story of the Winchester mystery house. All right. So, the house is one of the most, you know, let's see, you've already alluded to it. It's one of the most interesting s- structures that you could p- possibly imagine. So, in 1884, CC kind of already talked about this, but Sarah Winchester purchased the land that would soon become the location for the famous home. 
When the original property was purchased, though, it had a partially complete uh, farmhouse. And that's really all there was. So soon, Sarah made everything completely unrecognizable. Sarah hired carpenters who she had work around the clock. And as you would expect, uh, probably from someone like this, the, the home quickly spiraled and sprawled out from its meager beginnings. It went poof. Yeah. So while Sarah had hired a bunch of carpenters, she did skip two crucial aspects of building a home. She didn't create a plan or hire someone that could create a plan, aka an architect. She said, I can do this myself. She said, I just need people to build it and they will come. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine like the most hyperactive person you've ever met got to plan out a home. But they had an unlimited budget. They had about 13 minutes to do it, and they were about three years old. (laughs) That's about what the Winchester house turned out to be like. Well, I think it's funny that you mentioned that, because when I look at pictures of it, it reminds me of those, like, playgrounds from when we were kids that are made of all wood, and Mm. it's like they have all the different tiers and the the turrets, and that's what the house reminds me of. I see that. Yeah, to make the house even crazier, there's all kinds of weird things going on that you, you wouldn't expect. Um... For example, exterior walls are expanded on. So they have rooms that are added on, but that also means that there are windows in the house peering into other rooms. It's creepy. Because they were initially looking outside, now they're just looking into another room. Because Mm-mm. why not add a room to the outside of this house? <laughs> um, and then the building grows to be seven stories tall. And it has all kinds of staircases added. Oftentimes, it's cobbled together with different parts. So it just makes them look really bizarre. And as you would expect uh, from the previously mentioned mentioned hyperactive three-year-old, some of the staircases actually lead to nothing. Yep. And that's so (laughs) weird. So they just lead to a ceiling. And the funny thing is, a lot of times, you wouldn't find out until you got to the very top. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just be you'd be climbing like a story or two you'd be like okay and then you get to the very top and like wait there's nowhere to go where do I go now yeah <laughs> and there are many hallways where you could be walking down it and when you turn uh, when you turn in the hallway you find out oh there's nothing here it's just a dead end so lots of uh, incomplete ideas, I guess, going on in this home. The thought of it just gives me anxiety. It's pretty weird. It's, yeah. And another inter- another interesting aspect of the home is that she said that, that the home be built out of... She required that the home be built out of one thing and one thing only. Redwood. Mm. The other odd part is that she didn't even like Redwood. She didn't like the way it looked. So she had all of it stained, had an artificial grain applied to it to make it look like other types of wood. And apparently, by the time the home was uh, completed, 20,000 gallons of paint had been used to cover the wood. That's a bit of paint. I mean, that's like, think about this for a second. Imagine somebody has a solid gold toilet. That's, That's tacky, but I get the logic behind it. It's to show off that you have a lot of money. Now imagine mm-hmm. somebody takes a porcelain toilet and gold plates it. Similar end result, but save a lot of money, right? Yeah. Now imagine <laughs> if somebody made a solid gold toilet and then covered it in enamel so it looks like a regular toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. It's perfect. 
Yeah. yeah, so, you know, now that the house has been completed with all 20,000 gallons of paint on the wood, let's run the scoreboard on what everything that is inside this, everything that this home entails. It has seven stories, 161 rooms, 47 fireplaces, 10,000 panes of glass, two basements, three elevators, and a whole bunch of stairs. <laughs> and a couple dead ends. Now, the home on the interior has some interesting details as well. Uh, Sarah, as you would expect from someone who bought really expensive wood and didn't really want it, um, she spent a lot of money on the interior of the home. Gold and silver uh, chandeliers, all kinds of stained glass windows, many that were, some were actually created by Tiffany and company. Yeah. Fancy, fancy. So (laughs) one of them was, one of the stained glass windows was even created by uh, Louis Comfort Tiffany himself. And this window is pretty cool. So it was designed so that even when the light went through it, uh, not even when, when the light did go through it, it would create a prismatic rainbow effect on the floor. So it'd be really cool. Hilariously, this window that he created ended up being one of those exterior, now interior windows. So, so it never so saw the sun? Get, so it doesn't get light, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. What a waste. So, and if you were going to go to the home now, or you're like looking at pictures online, you may be looking at it thinking like, yeah, it's big, but... It's not seven stories tall, and you'd be right. It, it, it's not seven stories anymore. In 1904, an earthquake uh, hit San Jose and heavily damaged the house. Now, the good thing was, since she was so willing to spare no expense, the mansion was actually built on what's called a floating foundation. That essentially means that the foundations was actually the same weight as all the soil around it, which kept it from collapsing during the earthquake. Wow. Yeah. That's advanced for that time. Yeah. Again, she spared no expense, whether it was necessary or unnecessary. That turned out to be necessary. <laughs> so, yeah, the house is crazy. A lot of the rooms were created because she was trying to accommodate ghosts uh, in specific instances. Um, she was worried about the haunting of toilets. So she had only had one toilet that was actually working and... 12 other ones that did not. Well, the thing that gets me about that is like, they're eventually going to find the one that's working. Mm, and then they're all just going to get to, they're all just going to surround that one. will be forever confused. Okay. That's why there's 13. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the, the logic here is so baffling that I can't quite follow it. But yeah. So it's like Cece said, she's trying to appease a lot of these ghosts and things that died at the hands of a Winchester rifle. But you know what she never does to try to help these ghosts? Doesn't seem like she ever does anything prof- good with the money, except for spend it on that's herself. That's what I think. At first, I was like, you know, I think it's really cool that she's like kind of paying tribute to people who lost their lives at the hands of something that she kind of helped perpetuate. But then, I, I, and I kind of felt like, oh, you know, Iron Man did that. But then he stopped making his weapons and he started doing other things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm more inclined to think with all those staircases that go nowhere, she's actually just trying to trap the souls of the people who were killed by Winchesters. Whoa. Yeah, she, she thinks that she's trying to get them lost and so they can't like find her and all this stuff. Uh, I think it's completely ridiculous. Well, but oh, can you hear? Can you hear our dishwasher? I cannot. Oh, okay, well. good. This is gurgling. This is gurgling. <laughs> yeah, but they, but yeah, that's it for the house. 
Yeah. It's still around. Then they're I still finding hidden passageways. Like oh, they're still are they? finding hidden rooms. Yeah. I read that they found Ooh. a hidden room and it had like some furniture, like a Victorian couch and a dress mannequin and a sewing machine. So it's like there's still things in this that house that might not be fully realized yet, which I think is the coolest part. What if there are no dead ends and they actually do lead to hidden rooms? Well, I thought about it. I was like, what if it's kind of like in Harry Potter, like when you go to Diagon Alley, Mm -hmm. it looks like it's an optical illusion, but it's just, it's not. She was a ghost the whole time. She could walk through those walls and go to the room. She'd go to the room. Maybe it was, maybe it was Dumbledore's office. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Anyways, James, I hear there's other places around the world like this. (laughs) Good segue. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's there's really no place in the world quite like the Winchester house, but there's three things that come as close as I can get. Um, and all of them are pretty short, so I'm covering three. So first, let's start with Bangar Fort. So, ow, I hit my thumb. So <laughs> in uh, the 16th century in Rajasthan by a fella named Bhagavant Das, who is the ruler of Ampere, which is modern day Rajpur, he decided he was going to build him a fort. A fort? Yeah, a fort for his for his younger son, Madho Singh. Hmm. And uh, the fort is really, really, really preserved. Like, it looks like it was built, I don't know, 100 years ago instead of 400 years ago. So it looks really nice. And the oddest thing about it is instead of like these nice little tours that you usually see at a lot of like castle like structures cuz it's very pretty like yeah, the the word fort does not do it justice it's more like a little castle and it's rather rather endearing it looks cozy in fact but uh nobody really goes in or out it's been largely abandoned for a very long time despite the fact that it looks like it's been upkept incredibly well so the reason for this the reason why people don't want to go anywhere near it, is presumably a sadhu, which is a holy man, named Baba Balaknath, lived in the area, and he had told everybody that any house built in the precinct of the fort shouldn't be taller than his own, and that if the shadow of any such house fell on his, it would result in the destruction of the fort town. So that creeped people right out. That's unironically the deal. Now, there's a better version of this story, much better. And that is that not a sadhu at all, but a, a flipping dark wizard, which what, what a story already. It starts with a dark <laughs> wizard uh, named Sinhai fell in love with a Banghar princess named Ratnavati. So one day he follows her to the market and he offers her a love potion, which I thought the whole point of offering somebody a love potion was that they didn't know you were offering it, but whatever. But she was like, no, and she actually threw a rock that uh, ended up crushing the wizard. Now, what? Yeah, no, just kidding. She <laughs> she she did not throw the rock at the wizard. She threw the bottle against the rock, unhinging it, and then it rolled on the wizard. Still implausible. Okay, was, Still implausible. Was, we're we're yeah. we're in Looney Tunes territory, but she's not <laughs> the Hulk. I, I just wanted to see your reaction, Cece. I thought maybe you'd spit out that lasagna. I was, I, was, I, was, I was just like staring at the microphone like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that's presumably the story. And as a result, there's, you know, bad, dark magic surrounding the place. Now, 
that that in and of itself is not like a crazy crazy story unless you believe it in which case it's a very crazy story but that's that's really all there is to it it's just neat because it is a very pretty place that you could imagine somebody buying and living in but nobody goes near it because you know of a very morbid fairy tale from what i can tell and what's it now, called again bongar fort so okay next up i'm going to talk about the ancient ram inn which right off the bat sounds like a level in Castlevania, and that alone should, you know, make it memorable. So the ancient Ram Inn was built in 1145, and it was actually a house originally. A priest lived there, and then it got turned into an inn, and that inn was run by a brewery, which is super, super common in Great Britain period, and this is Gloucester, by the way. should have mentioned that. So 1968, it closes down. And this fella named John Humphreys buys it from the brewery, but people still want to demolish it. And he actually fought to save it all the way up into 2017 when he died. Wow. So why was he so passionate about saving it? And more importantly, why were so many other people so passionate about destroying it? So... What's the deal here? Well, in his case, he just really liked the history of it, I suppose. Mm. But everybody like else. He had a ghost lover to me. Well, well, actually, it's so funny you should say that, Alex, because, well, there's been several supernatural uh, affairs. <laughs> you'll see. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'll oh. see. You'll see. Boy, howdy, you'll see. <laughs> so a lot of people claim that the moment you enter, you feel awful. The air is heavy. You feel dread. the The floorboards creak. The stairs are loom, looming in a in a really weird way. There are shadows, and so people just inherently feel bad vibes when they go in there. And a lot of people have described it as as filthy, like the the actual not, not in a germ kind of way, but like a dark energy that actually makes them feel unclean in its presence. So the, yeah, the first room that people go in right after the threshold is the men's kitchen. And presumably I'm very skeptical of this because there's no evidence. It's all hearsay, but presumably there's a pagan burial ground underneath it and people hear babies crying. So that's creepy. Additionally, there's a really, really steep staircase. And a lot of people claim that as they are going up, they are thrown forward by invisible hands. So that's creepy. Mm -hmm. Additionally, there's been photographic evidence showing a white mist that is roughly the same size as a person. So it's like six foot tall white mist going up the stairs. And that's a photo, mind you. That's not just sightings. doesn't mean that it's true, but it is an image. Um, a lot of people say that there are ghosts in this particular place. Two monks, a shepherd, and his dog, which I think is kind of sweet. Like, oh, yeah. assuming we don't go with the theory that it's... Uh, you know, psychic energy over time, and it actually are entities. It seems kind of nice to spend the afterlife with your dog, you know? But, uh, yeah. yeah. And then there's also a cavalier. Cavaliers were people who fought for, for King Charles the first during that revolution that I think we've talked about before. Uh, if not, we need to have a long chat about it at some point in a future episode. Me and Alex took a whole class on uh, cavalier literature, which, Alex, Alex do you remember, remember that at all? <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Cavalier literature, Carolingian literature, in other words. Yeah, that's my favorite. Okay, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but the spookiest, ookiest room of them all is what's called the bishop's room. 
And a medium has actually, on one occasion, claimed to have been thrown across the room. Like, actually thrown. Physically wow. treated with violence. But here's where things... This is this is just like what you referenced, Alex. Um, both men and women have claimed, upon spending the night in the room... Because, again, remember, it got converted to a pub slash inn. Uh, which, by the way, I recommend you look it up just because it looks like the most iconic medieval looking tavern ever. It looks like a place where you would literally go to get like quests or something. It, 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 I'm just saying it looks like an RPG or something. Um, like you can hear final fantasy music if you look at it long enough, but, uh, but people who've stayed there claim men and women alike to have been visited by ethereal lovers. In other words, incubi and succubi. So yeah. So this place, the building, well, that's just it. A lot of people want to, a lot of people in town want to destroy it for that very reason. Um, and I do wonder about John Humphrey's motivation here, whether he there goes my husband back to that. Yeah. <laughs> that ghostly woman again. I say we keep the end where there are succubi. Yeah. So <laughs> that's spooky just because pretty much this is, this is one of the few places that I can think of off the top of my head where there are multiple ghost sightings ghost photographs and claims of demon activity. So that in and of itself is unique. And lastly, less spooky than the Bishop's room, but still it does have an attic. And a lot of people claim that the air is even heavier. The higher up you go. Some people say the innkeeper's daughter was murdered there in the 1500s. And, uh, People say that if you sleep in the bishop's room, which is just under the attic, you will hear the sound of something heavy being dragged across the floor. So uh. it's a super, super, super spooky place. And it just, you know, it doesn't warrant its own topic in like a haunted locale kind of uh, episode. So I figured this would be a good place to mention it. And lastly, the very last one, and this is the closest one really to the uh, Winchester house that I could think of. Hachioji Castle in Japan. So Ooh. in the yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not anything else. Um, so <laughs> during the Sengoku period, which uh, was 1467 to 1615, that's really hard to say. Which was a very, very violent and unstable period in Japan. In what is Hachioji Tokyo used to be its own city. In the Kanto region, it's actually protected. It's called Hachioji Castle. And it's on top of Mount Fukasawayama. And uh, it, it was originally made in the 1570s. We don't know the exact year, but it was made by the younger brother of Hojo Ujimasa, who is a really well-known military leader. The brother's name in question was Hojo Ujiteru. And uh, he was originally in Takayama Castle, which was uh, not very far away. It was like 15 kilometers north. So not not very far away, but it was built on a loose slope and really poorly defended. And the Takeda clan, which is a very memorable uh, clan during that period, if you ever watch any flipping samurai movie or documentary about, you know, the warring states and all that, uh, they actually invaded, got through the defenses, and Hojo almost didn't make it out. So it was like super flipping scary. So what he ended up doing was building this castle in question. And the reason why I compare it to the Winchester house is because they went completely like bananas when it came to the construction itself. It was, I mean, it was, it was literally like they were overcompensating for that original 
attack. So it has all sorts, or had, that's a better term, all sorts of like traps and and defenses and ways of preventing people from getting further. So it's one of those places where it'd be super easy to just get lost uh, just because the place itself, like the Winchester House, was not built to be a comfortable place. It was built to be inhospitable to prevent being, in this case, raided. Um, so what's really interesting about this, though, is there's tons of ghost stories. Uh, you, you hear stories about noble women who used to live in the house and, and being sighted. And it, it was just there were stories about it for literally hundreds of years. And now it's in ruins, but people still go there just to see, you know, both the historical significance as well as ghost hunters. It's uh, it's actually listed in the top 100 castles, and that's with it in some degree of, of ruins. And there have been some reconstruction processes and even a few excavations, but I don't think it's ever going to be restored to what it used to be. Um, it, it's historically protected, but the parallels that you could see with um, Winchester House is that it is a very bizarrely constructed place and it has a history of spirit activity. It sounds to me like it's a real life Indiana Jones, like when he tries to go into a temple and they've got all those like booby traps. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, in, in movies we see that a lot, but that's a common thing actually in like a lot of, historical structures. Like if you look at medieval castles now, they, they tend to look pretty, but if you actually pay attention to some of the structures, they're meant to resist sieges in some horrifying ways. Like a lot of people look at those little openings on, on uh, towers and they think, Oh, that's pretty, you know, the sunlight's going through, but those are for archers to defend the Torah. And then the bigger, bigger openings that you see further South, that's to pour boiling tar or oil on people. That's the purpose of it. So, yeah, that, you know, again, it's it's funny because we think of castles as these beautiful structures and we think of them and we often associate them with the, uh, the, the dwelling places of nobility. But first and foremost, the purpose of a fortress or castle is to defend people from an invading force. Dang, that's mm. dark. It is dark. Yeah. But I guess, you know, they were living during times where you had to do what you had to do. It's true. Yeah. And everybody wanted to attack a castle way back when. Absolutely. Yeah, who, didn't, who didn't want those swanky new digs? Yeah. I bet you James attacked a castle or two back in his day. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's why he knows about the well, once he did archer. It by, yeah, once he did it by giant wooden horse. Once he did it by uh, chariot. <laughs> once he was the one who threw the tar out the window. So. Exactly. Yeah, that was his favorite one. Well, you guys... Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode about the Winchester House. And thank you so, so much to Jordan for submitting this topic. It means the world to us. And it's, it was Thanks, a Jordan. fun one to look yeah. into. Because I'd heard of the Winchester House. I knew that it was a mystery mansion and that it had all these weird, you know, passageways. But I didn't know the background. Yeah, me so, There's a movie. with I think it has Helen Mirren. It's- yeah, I think Helen Mirren plays Sarah Winchester. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a film. Yeah. yeah, it came out a couple years ago. Well, according to that Google review, the movie's better than the tour, James. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's called Winchester. You could probably find it on like streaming service. But you guys, are you ready to talk about what we're talking about next week? I'm ready to talk about what we're talking about next week. Yeah, we don't even have to drop from the vase because next oh. week 
is our Halloween extravaganza mm-hmm. annual special. <laughs> we are going to be diving back into some holidays that celebrate the dead. And James came up with a list of, I think it was five or six different options. And thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers for voting on which ones you want us to talk about. So we're going to keep it under wraps until next week when we actually air the episode. But you guys picked some really good holidays to talk about. So Mm. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. So is there anything that you guys want to add before Alex says, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, you guys, we hope that you can keep it strange. Just.